Unmute me. You're already unmuted. Are we live? Isn't this thing live? Yeah, can we talk? We're live. Can you hear me? Yes, yes you're, you're unmuted. unmuted. Okay, great. Great. Nicole, take us to the interview. Joel, you there? Yes, I am. How's it going? Good, buddy. I'm Daniel Lennox. Nice to meet you. Hey, Daniel. How are you? Good. We have uh, Justin on the line, and we also have Nicole, our new media director. Yes. Hi, Nicole. Uh, she's jumping on. Let me get her unmuted. And then Jay's unmuted. Hey, Joel. Hi, how are you? Thanks so much for doing this. Absolutely. This is all lovely. This new format is awesome. Thank you. So yeah, we're really excited. And, and interesting. And yeah. I, I love how you can just kind of come in and out of other things. Yeah, it's very cool. Did he well, just... he, he just left the call. So he might have got a call or something, something that... Uh... Uh, uh, might have just popped him out really quick. Just okay. asking what what just happened to when yeah. you unmute him again. Right there we go. Oh, there he is. You there? Yep. I just realized that I can't push that X button and go back and look at things. Oh, <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, For anybody listening, we're all new to this, or I'm yeah. new to this, uh, uh, the new format. So, yeah. um, but anyway, I was saying that this is great. It's super streamlined and. Um, and I love it. And it also keeps uh, Justin and I have have gone back and forth a lot over that since since the since the inception of this about like how the format works and everything. And I like that it keeps a lot of the things that we loved from the beginning, you know, that we were passionate about the things that, you know, people can pop in and out. You can continue to watch, uh, you know, the thread come up and down and mm -hmm. and. Um, favorite things and look I actually think that we were on the the, the front edge of this sort of idea where you know I think you see this a lot in, in um, live calls and live mm -hmm. video stuff where you can also type and favorite things along the way so mm -hmm. this is great yeah, yeah the design kind of makes you feel like you really want to sort of text while you're doing it share photos it just the design of it really makes it user friendly in that way. Yeah, very cool. It's really cool. Uh, so let's jump into the interview, um, and this will take you know fifteen twenty minutes of your time. Uh, so first off, uh, I checked out Youth in Oregon last night and was was super impressed by it. Um, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, of course, and uh, it you know it deals with that very important subject of its assisted suicide. How how did that come about? How did the idea come to you and <clears throat> well, this that. was a this was um, Sundial Pictures uh, actually had optioned a wonderful story from Andrew Eisen that he had written about based on a true story about his his uh, grandfather who mm. who dealt with this or or pieces of this you know so mm -hmm. it's about an eighty year old man who travels from New York back to his home state of Oregon to get assisted suicide um, and I grew up in Portland Oregon. Nice. So uh, this was something that was close to my heart uh, since I was a kid. When I was young, you know, my family were voting on the post-Kevorkian laws of the oh, time wow. to get these things um, passed through. And, um, and, you know, we all dealt with this wow. as a community in Portland. And Portland's a, a fairly liberal city surrounded by a fairly non-liberal state mm. so so it was an interesting concept um you know within the walls of that city yeah um, but you know it, it was something that i had always been very intrigued by and we tried to make a film that rode the line of 
uh, of interest about the subject, but didn't mm-hmm. necessarily sway politically one way or the other. Mm-hmm. We told a story about a man who was dealing with his own feelings going through it, as opposed to a man who was trying to take a political stance of any sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's where it wins. And I think that that's what people really enjoyed about it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, so- I agree with that. Uh, the other thing that was so in, in, you know, interesting of uh, how the character of Nick, when they finally get to the bar and tell the young kid uh, about his grandfather and what he wants to do and, and his, his basic response is, oh, I think it, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, generational too. It's like, it's a very sort of like, wow, the young generation sort of gets it. And like, it's almost like he was like, you're, you're, you're being brave grandpa like he really appreciated that where the other older generations were like what are you doing this can't happen you know absolutely well the, and the other thing that i uh think is cool about it is that the, it kind of skips the generation right so right. the people who are dealing with death firsthand the people who who are uh y- you know the old people uh that would have that are staring at this face to face are going to have a different kind of understanding that is as more in line with the millennials and mm-hmm. that middle section, people that are maybe my age mm-hmm. uh, and in their forties and fifties might not deal with it uh, so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there is a funny connection between youth and, uh, yeah. and the, and, and, and the older people yeah. around. So, yeah. And how, how, how difficult was it to, because it has, you know, it, it runs the line of like, you know, there's a lot of comedy in it and, and, but you're talking about this really, difficult topic and and you you ride that line really really great and do do you talk about tone with your actors and the crew and is that a big topic of conversation or is that something that comes organically yes so we do talk about that a lot and the thing that we really wanted to make sure we were doing was to keep honest about how a road trip back to assisted suicide in Oregon would feel Mm -hmm. and it's not there is going to be levity along the way. There is going to mm-hmm. be, there are going to be, um, you know, more fun moments. It's not just going to be this drag of an hour and a half of right. telling a story. Nobody right. wants to go and see that. So, um, you know, I, I think that we found Andrew, uh, the original writer, and I found a nice mix of um, of dealing with this in an appropriate level, so that we're not, you know, again poking fun at anything, but we are also saying like th- these are. This doesn't have to be this, this very, you know, sad, sad story along mm-hmm. the way. It can just be something that we all can embrace and understand that it's a part of life. And I think that there are, it's very interesting that there are all these rules about how and laws about how we come into the world, mm-hmm. but we haven't really defined how we leave this world mm-hmm. um, in, in the sense that we are making the decision, right? Yeah. And so, um, and so, so we tread in that in a light manner, but we also wanted to kind of make a point about, yeah. you know, this, that this is something that people should be talking about. People yeah. should be talking about that with their families and talking yeah. about that, you know, with their loved ones and making sure that they, they, uh, they've, they are all kind of keeping in a headspace about it in, mm-hmm. in, you know, in the future. Yeah. I thought that that's why it was, I thought it was a really important film and, and even how you portrayed um, the his friend dying and, and, and even how it was shot that scene at the, at the pretty much the end of the film, like it's, it's shot beautifully. It's, you know, nothing is morbid about it. It's a, it's a very beautiful, beautiful scene as opposed to going the other way with it, which was really nicely done. I thought. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's actually uh, that entire storyline we added later because we found that we had had this wonderful script, but it never actually dealt um, straight on with uh, assisted suicide. Mm. So we said, how can we do that? How can we actually bring this into the movie? And we didn't want Frank Langella's character to mess as well. I don't want to say too much. We didn't want to deal with it completely straight on. So we found a way an avenue that allowed for us to to um, bring it into the movie, and I think that it was a beautiful way to do it because yeah. it affects the main character mm-hmm. and it helps him to justify the way that he is feeling about it, mm-hmm. and to also make a decision that is healthier for uh, the position that was, he was in, mm. you know, with his family. He sees somebody at peace about uh, this decision, and at and his family being at peace about the decision, and so. He has to go back and deal with the fam, his own family, yeah. Frank's own family, that isn't at peace with this decision. So you know, he, I, I, it it made sense that he wanted to get them there. Yeah, which yeah. is interesting because his trajectory never really changes. He right. still wants one thing the entire right. time. Right. But he knows that he's got to change uh, uh, for his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then talk about uh, leadership and how important that is when directing a film and and the vision and. And when things, you know, uh, as far as setting a certain, you know, environment on set and how you deal about deal with those things. Well, leadership is very important. <clears throat> you know, I've I've uh, been an actor for 15 years as well. So I know how important it is to have a director uh, take command. And you can do that in a lot of different ways. You can do that by yelling. You can do that by uh, and you can also not take command and be too soft spoken. So there's a fine line and how you're dealing with your actors. But one of the things that I think um, I've I've enjoyed by being on both sides of the camera is that I can bring an understanding on what actors feel on set mm-hmm. and kind of what they want and what they respond to. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my conversations we, we actually decided not to do any uh, rehearsals for this. We wanted people to come in very oh, fresh. Wow. Wow. And we sat, I sat down with everybody for a long, for hours and hours. So they almost were rehearsals, but we never got the actors together because we wanted everything to feel very fresh. Wow. This is a touchy and sensitive subject yeah. matter. Yeah. And, uh, and Frank want, likes to deal with uh, being on set in a very specific way. And I agreed with it in um, under these circumstances that he wanted to just make sure that everything was fresh and we hadn't over rehearsed something. Nice. And so, did, you, did you storyboard it? Yes. Yeah. You yeah. Did. All, all, on the technical side, we storyboarded and mm-hmm. I had an amazing uh, director of photography, Ross Rigi, um, who did a film and actually grabbed him uh, after he did this amazing film, Kings of Summer. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but mm. it's a wonderful film. It ha- it's kind of in the tone, in a, in a similar tone, maybe a little bit lighter than this, but um, and and he just shot the shit out of it. Can I yeah. say this on this? Yeah, I guess yeah, I can. yeah. He, he, <laughs> it was really amazing uh, uh, of how he how he did that. I mean, it was really beautiful and uh, impactful and all in the same way. Um, if we ha- if any of the listeners want to be unmuted, just uh, text in and then so we can see it and unmute you. Um, the other thing that we see that you have going is uh, budding prospects. You're acting in that. Uh, and you're yeah, yeah. Re- re-teaming with um, uh, the director, Terry, and I'm not going to pronounce his last name correctly. Terry Zweigoff. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So Terry, Terry and I did, uh, I did a film for him 
Oh, geez. This was probably 12, 13 years ago. The Art right of after, Confidential. Right after uh, Dodgeball. Yeah, Art School yeah. Confidential. Art School he, he and I um, had such a great time on that. So when this came around, it, it was a very easy decision for me. Um, I think Amazon is doing incredible things. They're really uh, director-driven, and they're sort of uh, not necessarily fitting, trying to fit into the commercial format uh, of a lot of half-hour comedies that kind of just let their directors deal with the subject matter the way that they want to and i love that that gives more freedom for actors it gives more freedom for a project all all around to just yeah. be able to dive in and make it the way that you want look it's not a traditional the pilot is up on amazon for anybody to see right now and mm -hmm. it's not a traditional pilot because it's almost like the beginning of a movie mm. you know you we're not even showing anything outside of uh, we're not showing any of the upcoming adventure at all. Mm. Um, and that's for when the show will be uh, aired and picked up and all of that. So what I love about it is it gives uh, creative people a format to really tell a story that the way that they want to. You don't have to hit the specific beats that network television does. Right. Not, that, it's kinda, not that network television is bad. They have their own thing, but... Yeah. It it's gives kind, a different format. It's kind of mimicking the Netflix format where Netflix has that too. You don't have to tell everything in the pilot of, of, of the series. You can They let you take your time with it most times. Absolutely. And with yeah. everything going streaming and with everything going binge, you know, for the, mm -hmm. everything is uh, binge content, people are really going to uh, embrace the idea of watching something as a whole watching right. an entire season and not expecting so much just right. from a pilot episode. Right. You know, this is the, this is the thing. It's sort of an antiquated system. The, the, the way that people were doing pilots because it's not, it's not the best way to tell uh, a story. You know, you right. have to shove so much information into a pilot. Right. Whereas if you just let things breathe and allow for these characters, we're going to learn a lot about these characters in the future. Yeah. Um, stuff that we don't even know in the pilot, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I, think, I think that that's just a lot um, easier format to be creative in. Yeah. Uh, we have one question here on the thread. How was it working with Billy Crudup? Uh, Billy is incredible. Mm. Billy is one of my favorite actors I've ever worked with um, because he, he was a quiet leader. Um, he and Frank sort of were the co-lead males on this thing. And yeah. I call Christina Applegate was the mama of the set. She, 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 she kept, <laughs> she was the glue. She kept everything together. And she is just such a powerhouse of an actress. Mm. Um, and Billy is, was the perfect person to put in that, uh, in that situation because yeah. he's such an incredible actor. Every yeah. single thing that I've ever seen in him yeah. uh, has been wonderful. Whether the movie is good or not, he is always good. And that's yeah. actually kind of hard to do. It's yeah. hard to be good in a bad movie sometimes. A hundred percent. I can attest to that. Um, yeah. but, I got a know, chance. I got a chance to see Billy Crudup on Broadway and Pillow Man. He was outstanding. Yeah. yeah well, he, this is, this is why Billy is such a great actor. He's, yeah. he's a, he's a blue collar actor. He's somebody yeah. who can go from any, he, if you put him in a situation, he will figure out how to make it work. Yeah. Um, and, and he's or, very understated. And then when he's in uh -huh. the bar scene with the son of when he yells at him to come along, you're coming with us. It's just, I mean, he comes, he just goes right at it and he just sticks it. It's, it's yeah. a really beautiful scene. Yeah. And he and I taught, he and I dealt with that character uh, a lot before we even started shooting. And one of the great things about Billy is he wants to have all the information about the character before he gets up in, into the, into acting that, mm. uh, 
mm. that rollout. And I thought that that was, you know, it was very valuable to me as well, because having somebody who's so engaged in the content and so engaged in the story and making sure that, you know, you shoot, most people know this, but some people might not, you shoot, you shoot, uh, movies completely out of order. So, mm -hmm. so, so like, for instance, that scene that you were just talking about, mm -hmm. that didn't happen. We didn't shoot that when that happened in the, in the uh, uh, production yeah. schedule. It was like early on. So oh, he wow. had to figure out how to get there before we had even shot some of the introduction scenes mm. um, to, to that character and everything. So there was just, there was some uh, impressive uh, acting going on along the way that I yeah. think that, you know, I was very proud of. Amazing. Come to, yeah. um, Amazing. And and Joel, just to let you let you know um, where Daniel's coming from. Daniel's also a filmmaker and made a uh, a great short film as a director, writer, and star that uh, made it into Cannes a couple years ago. Oh um, wow! That yeah, yeah. that actually touched on um, child abuse in the church. It was really intense. Uh, intense short. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's so great. it was just yeah. It was just so I uh, really appreciated when I saw, uh, you know, your movie and just like, and just sort of be talking about a very important subject in society, you know, and, and which you did with assisted suicide. And I mean, it's just, I like storytellers that, you know, really have something to say that's, you know, you know, not being discussed in society. Absolutely. Things that are controversial is what yeah. artists are supposed to make uh, pieces about, you know, exactly. This is, this is, it's part of our job. I think, um, on earth to help with the ebbs and flows uh, and introducing certain subject matters that might be sensitive or, or uh, not liked in public. Um, I think that that is our job. So, yeah. so bravo, hats off. And yeah. by the way, can is uh, sort of the pinnacle that you can get. Yeah. All that. So you, yeah, you did well. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I would be remiss not to talk about a little bit about avatar. Um, yeah. Can we, uh, when can we expect, what's going on with it the next ones uh yeah well we well there's a long there's a i mean jim has announced um a lot about it and so you know there's there's different release dates that are going all the way until i think 2022 and 2023 nice. um and those will be clicked in once uh once the schedule of production is understood a little bit more and there's not a not a ton i can say at this point obviously Amazing. Amazing. while respecting the uh yeah of course the secrecy of uh, of everything but i can say that it is an absolutely phenomenal world and um and it's going to be i think it's going to be the biggest sci-fi franchise since you know what star wars did yeah for 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 that franchise oh in, man I, in general so, excited so for that we're so excited yeah how I mean, was at, how was the initial like avatar audition experience like it was you... the weirdest thing that i had ever been a part of uh -huh. i walked out of that audition thinking that casting director will never see me again <laughs> she'll never Amazing. bring me in again Amazing. i i you know I was, I was yeah it was this was a while ago when i walked when I went into my first audition, it was some, I think it was about a decade ago. Mm. Um, so it's been a while since, yeah. uh, since we started that movie. Yeah. And we and took about two and a half years to shoot uh, and, then, and then came out when it came out. So we were shooting two and a half years before that. So we, we had, uh, I think I had one audition that I didn't hear for maybe a month and a half. And I had just, I just moved on with life. I was doing right. another project. I thought that it was done. I didn't think I, I didn't think they 
liked what I did. I had to walk in there and, um, and speak gibberish for an entire scene because they wanted to see how, how I could translate thought and content without people understanding me oh, because wow. that was what a part of what my character was going to have to do. We were making wow. up a language for the, for the film and for the world. So that's uh, amazing. Yeah, so in, so in the, you know, the first time that I went in for Margie Simkin, who uh, is my hero because she could see through all of that. She and Jim yeah. saw through all of that weird shit that we had to do in that room <laughs> and got and, and, and said, okay, there's something about this guy. There's something. So I think that the, the, my, my understanding of just like, uh, how to use my body and the, you know look I'd been a goofy commercial actor before then and I had really had a lot of training I went to um, college for theater and everything and so I had a lot of training to use my body and I think that that's part of it because yeah. so much where, was where involved did you go in to motion college? capture where did you go to college? Uh, I went to Southern Oregon University nice. graduated with a BFA and then came right down to Los Angeles after that knowing awesome. knowing one person sleeping on a guy's couch for about three weeks and I worked at Circuit City. Does anybody out there remember Circuit wow, City? That's yeah. Amazing. Anybody, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I worked there for, I worked there all the way through college. And then I worked there for about two and a half years when I was in Los Angeles. Um, so instead of bartending, that's what I did because nice. I, I, I wouldn't trust myself trying to carry a drink to a table. <laughs> Hysterical. <laughs> so, uh, Joe, we, we, we wrap up these, these talks with a, a rapid fire question. And, yeah. Uh, so there'll be about 15 to 20 questions. And it's just the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready to go? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, my biggest pet peeve? would have to be um, people that say espresso instead of espresso. There you go. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Oh, check my phone, which I'm trying to get out of the habit of. What's the last thing you do before you go to sleep? Uh, send a little prayer to the universe that uh, I'm going to be able to sleep through the night. Nice. A perfect day in L.A. includes what three things? Sun a little bit of cold weather at the end of the day so that we're not dealing with humidity uh, and, and a nice uh, scotch on the rocks. Nice. If you could ban one word from society, what would it be? <sighs> Hashtag. <laughs> What's the song or music group that you have a constant rotation right now? Right now, Marion Hill. I think she's one of the better artists out there. Nice. Do you have a nickname? Uh, do I personally? Yep. JDM. Nice. What's your favorite swear word? Cunt. Nice. Who's the funniest person you know? Nick Swardson. Nice. When, when was the last time you were starstruck? Oh, when I met Clyde Drexler. Nice. Who is your favorite person to follow on Instagram? Mm, Zach King. I love that guy. You're hanging with your best friend. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Smoking a bowl and talking philosophy. Yeah, boy. What scares you the most? Oh, the fact that I'm not really scared of things. <laughs> Do you have a spirit animal? Uh, yes, it would, uh, it would be a troll. Nice. What's the greatest love story <laughs> of all time? Something in Shakespeare. I'm not going to say Romeo and Juliet. I'm going to say uh, 
Time of Athens. Who is the one person you would want to shoot a love scene with? Nick Swordson. <laughs> what is your life mantra? Put horse blinders on and move forward. That a boy. And last question, Elvis or the Beatles? Elvis. Elvis. Yeah. Uh, Joel, you're the man. I'm not, I'm not as good at rapid fire as I thought I was going to be. <laughs> that was pretty good. I like, the, uh, <laughs> I like a few of those. Those were great. Uh, Jay, do we want to have a last, a last moment here? Uh, somebody not, saying unmute him. I don't know who just, that is. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Uh, here we go. I don't see you. Oh, is that Justin? Yeah, it is, but I don't see him <laughs> on my on my. Uh... It's okay. My phone crashed. Oh, oh okay. Go. okay. I got a call. Yeah. There we here go. Here we go. Um. So usually our last question is, and I'll take just take it for Jay because his phone crashed. Um, if there was anybody in the world that you could unmute, who would that be? Donald Trump, so that I could have a nice long conversation with him. I like. Although, it. although he's so unmuted in general, maybe we just need to actually mute him. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, well, thank you. This was great. We had an amazing time. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's do more of these. And I, I actually like this format. It's it's super cool. I think that people really will like it. They can be a little bit more casual and not feel so on the spot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Joe, I appreciate your time, man, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks, man. Thank Thanks, you. guys. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.